Alright guys, welcome back to episode 12 of Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour, here with your host, Chris Story. Just to touch base on a few things, as always guys, before we kick today's show off, the first is just to say a massive thank you for all the great feedback that you guys have been giving to me, both on social media and through the, um, the responses that you've been posting on the likes of Instagram, Spotify, and some of the other sort of major podcast apps. Uh, I read every comment that you guys give back to me, and I take it all on board. And yeah, it really does mean everything for myself and for the Primal Alchemy brand, just to learn what you guys want, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, so I can improve this show and sort of really tailor it for you guys. Because at the end of the day, you're the ones that are listening. It's uh, I need to do what I can to please you, to give you the information you need to be able to improve yourself and release and live in your highest potential. So yeah, as a massive thank you guys, I'm going to give you the exclusive promo code of REDPILL. That's the code REDPILL that when applied to your shopping cart at primalchemy.co.uk, you're getting an exclusive 10% off. So why not use this opportunity to grab yourself our flagship product, Vitruvian Protein. It's an organic whey protein superfood blend. It's forged with organic adaptogenic and nootropic herbs. It's got prebiotics in there. It's flavored with raw Criolla cacao, which is going to be the highest grade cacao bean in the world. Literally, guys, it's formulated with the world's highest um, highest grade, high vibrational superfoods that I could get hold of that I formulated into one coherent package for you guys to enjoy and experience what real nutrition really is. Real nutrition, getting those electrons, those photons into the system, power up that mitochondria, and that's what we're going to do in order to take things to the next level. That's the necessity in today's age. So yeah, that's the code REDPILL. REDPILL for that exclusive 10% off at primalalchemy.co.uk. So yep, please subscribe to YouTube, to my iTunes, to my Instagram, primalalchemyuk, and it will mean the world. So now moving on to today's episode, guys. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed this one as per usual, as I do with all my guests. Uh, today's guest is Camille Julia. She runs a health blog called Becoming Fully Human. And she's great. She She's really interesting to talk to. She has a lot of, she, she radiates authenticity with her message and what she's got to say. She kind of takes quite a uh, opposite stance to a lot of the uh, mainstream biohackers that are sort of really pr- predominant in uh the world today and Camille really comes at um comes at the topic of biohacking from quite a uh quite an alternative stance and position which was very refreshing to hear and really good to connect with her we we talked a lot about ways the challenges of becoming present present in the moment and ways in which we can overcome that and really sort of align ourselves with um the now the power of the now and uh yeah we really just sort of delve deep into the challenge like the sort of the issues that we seem to find ourselves in always trying to better ourselves in that we become as uh as Camille puts it we are human doings instead of human beings the power isn't just in being 
uh yeah so we it's quite a philosophical talk um there's a few health uh health knowledge bombs thrown in there as well but this is more of a um an exploration of myself and Camille's sort of thoughts and philosophy on uh health spirituality and just being human in general so hopefully you guys enjoy this one it's um I really did enjoy it and I've got all the time in the world for Camille she's she's great and if you follow her on Instagram which you'll be able to get her tag later on from the show you'll see that she is uh she's definitely a rare individual out there in the world of health fitness biohacking she's um yeah unique voice and really enjoyed this one so guys hopefully you enjoy it too let's get shit started episode 12 let's kick it off stay woke as fuck you take the blue pill the story ends you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe you take the red pill you stay in wonderland and i show you how people read the book As above, so below What lies without resides within Time for growth to begin Mental, physical, and spiritual We find balance with all three As we focus on totality The whole, not the half This is for those on a spiritual path Looking for the clues to the answers of life But the truth ain't always nice So leave your ego at the door Let your inner lion roar And your spirit soar As we go deep down to the molecular level Tap into the body with some yogic breath Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test Like the shamans of old We use the nature to heal With a little bit of DMT to reveal This whole life journey is a little surreal And your mind needs a leader Not a follower in life Let your mind be the master And you pay a hefty price This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to empower with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by Prima Oprami the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth Three and a two and a one, and we're live. All right, guys, welcome back to episode 12 of Prime Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour. Today's guest is going to be a treat as always, guys. Um, I've been I've been talking to her for a while now. I've been trying to get her on, and it just seemed like we just couldn't get the dates and times to match. But the stars have aligned, and we finally got her on. So, Camille, how's it, do- how's it going? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, finally, yeah, finally. So, <laughs> yeah, to actually introduce you properly, it is uh, Miss Camille Julia. Uh, Camille, give us a little bit of a rundown, if you could, please tell us about yourself. Uh, oh, just hey. the whole journey. I mean, yeah, let's go. The big question. Um, big okay, question. where to start? Um, well, I guess maybe for people that most of people listening to this that don't actually know who I am. Um, I started a website and I think that's how we connected at least through mm-hmm. social media. Um, it's called becoming fully and yeah, it's an expression of my life's journey, I guess, which maybe I'll start a little bit before that. Um, I studied at McGill, uh, university in Canada. I'm Canadian and 
back in the day, I think, I mean, I've, we've definitely talked about this between you and I, um, I kind of had the mentality of wanting to change the world and save the world. And so I studied politics, which is a bit absurd, really. I think I went into politics because it was my favorite course in, in high school. And, you know, you get launched into university. And so I started studying politics and the university was very liberal and gave me such a different perspective on the world. Um, I, in my first year of university, I had the opportunity to work with the UN uh, in Nicaragua, the World Food Program. And it just gave me such a different perspective on the impact that we're having and that we want to have on the world is such a projection of like what is going on in the West and wanting to shove it onto the rest of the world. So I was, I don't know, I was disillusioned with everything and it really shifted my perspective into wanting, like not wanting to go out there and like make the world a different place. I saw so much beauty in these remote areas in Nicaragua that just wanted to be the way that they were. Anyways, rambling about that a bit. Um, Came back, came back. And my journey shifted a bit into wanting to help individual people. And so I considered, I finished my degree in political science and then considered, you know, personal training. And then I, even in getting really into fitness and all that stuff, I realized it's not actually about movement. It's more about food. So got super into nutrition and started reading up and studying, always self-study. Nothing really caught my eye enough to want to study specifically. Everything was so dogmatic and, you know, people were, you would go to a program, for example, in nutrition, and they would preach you their own way of thinking about food. And then you'd have to take that degree and then go preach what you want to, you know, your way of thinking Mm -hmm. about food. And so, yeah, I never did any more schooling, although like huge student of life, researching things on like a Friday night as my idea of fun. Well, actually it wasn't always my idea of fun in university. I was like the party girl, super degenerate, but everything started shifting as I kind of, yeah, started tuning into my body and health and seeing how much impacted the way that I thought and the way that I felt. And so making little strides slowly, um, after university, ditching the alcohol and ditching everything that came with alcohol and, Started traveling, I guess. That was a huge eye-opener for me. Um, And learning more about the spiritual aspect of the body. I think once I cleaned up my, you know, way of eating and left all these, you know, mind-altering drugs, like alcohol is just poison, honestly. Um, I started to connect to spirit and this whole other part of the world that, doesn't exist until you like look behind the curtain right like wizard of oz there's like the world of the conscious being and the more that i like dug i would start reading books and listening to podcasts and it kind of just snowballed from there and i guess with social media i've always been very open and wanting to share my life with people and it fuels me to have people resonate with my own experience and kind of share ideas and grow from there and started tapping into my intuition which I think is one of the biggest drivers of my website is is not to preach anything specific but more to encourage people to tap into that like divine human intuition that each and every one of us has and let that be their like driving force for exploring life um 
yeah, so that's where I am today. I launched the website, uh, I think it was March of this past year, and it's just been such an incredible experience. I've learned so much and have so many people commenting and, you know, connecting with me and reaching out. And it's, it feels very much in aligned with what I'm meant to be doing. And from there, I have been, you know, taking on a few writing projects and just doing that full time now. So yeah, I think that summarizes me <laughs> without taking up too, too long. That was a great summary to be put onto the back of a book. So yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think you de- definitely nailed it there with that one, Camille. And it's uh, it's again, it's I know we've talked about this before, and it, it is interesting that you're saying about the sort of metamorphosis, uh, the change that you go through when you go to college, you go to university, and people have these this expectation that it's like for well, kind of off subject, and I'll tie it in. I just think university is just a complete waste of time. I think going to these these institutions are uh, is just for for me like all the learning that I did in university was through my own self interest. Like what they actually taught me at university was bullshit. Like I did um, physiology, and they just teach you dated shit. Mm-hmm. All the researchers there, they're like the research. Depending if you're going to like a research based university or m- more of a teaching based university has quite an effect as well but they're all like all the professors doctors they're doing their own shit they're they're focused on their thing and they're very sort of looking through life through a microscope and that their their yeah, peripheral vision shut off syndrome right people like start yeah. looking into a tunnel vision you see you see a light at the end of the tunnel and that's all you want to to go towards you know i used to think and actually say exactly that the university is a massive waste of money and it's definitely not cheap but it plays a crucial role. I think it played a crucial role in my life in giving me that like resistance of an institution. Although my school was very liberal and I actually did learn some pretty like applicable, tangible stuff about how the world really works, if that's even possible. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it gave me a, a conversation like if things are you know you could take the money and go traveling of course that's going to shape you and probably be a lot more maybe fruitful but I don't think I'd be the person that I am today if I did not go through those four years particularly in the realm of writing which is what I'm doing now mostly right it gave me that having these deadlines and having like it I cultivated the craft it doesn't it does not happen overnight. Like a lot of the information that I actually write about seems to come from some other place that is way beyond me. Um, but the actual practice of sitting down and getting to work, those are habits that to me, I don't think I would have cultivated had I not gone to university. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much what I was getting at is with the with university itself, it's not so much the the topic that or the degree that you come out with it's how you spend your time in those three to four years that you're not really it's like you kind of get a a, like a a pass like you don't have you're not expected that you have to have a job Mm -hmm. you kind of people know that you can that you can just you can use those three years to really mold yourself into who you want to become and you can do that a by just going out getting fucked up all the time and just drinking away those three years and then all of a sudden reality hits and you've just got your degree that you've pretty much plagiarized because you just copy and paste other people's work (laughs) into your own work in order to get a fancy bsc or msc next to your name (laughs) 
or you can use or you can use that time to really like really find out about yourself find out about your what well, like what what are you passionate about yeah. like what's your interests like you're not gonna like you've been so focused on school for such a long time and then we go from school into college which is essentially for you guys in North America um kind of high school but split into two right. and from there yeah you never really get to find yourself because you're from the moment you start school to when you finish it you're, you're around the same sort of people all the time so you become you've yeah, got that's your persona who's yeah the, that's been attached to you and it's hard to reinvent yourself and the universe runs on everything's always changing it's the it's like nothing's ever the same nothing's ever stagnant so by going off to university it's a fresh new place a fresh new environment it's it's it allows you to really become who you want to be in that very moment and yeah I mean some people just follow the crowd and like I said go out and get a quote-unquote smashed which <laughs> we were just discussing as completely different um meanings from <laughs> depending where we're from uh yeah and I just for me it was the same sort of journey as you like you, you the first year just went out got fucked up loads and just really sort of went for went like lived life on one extreme mm-hmm. and then after I kind of had like I had my fair share of all of that I was like right there's more there's more to this opportunity than just going out getting wankered all the time there must be I gotta start to really sort of make the most of of this freedom that I've that I'm allowed to experience being mm-hmm. at university so then that's when I started get, do it becoming essentially like an autodidact where it's like I everything was that I know is self-taught no one's taught me it I I went out and I I yeah I I used the the university um sort of environment I used the the universe I used the university's um sort of the databases that you can use in order to search your own shit like mm-hmm. you, these in order to have access to these like uh, real prestigious journals these journal databases they're expensive if you're just going to do that on yeah. um just personal finance but if hey, you're in a university tip, a hot tip for you apparently i haven't actually tried this but apparently if you contact the author of the journal and ask for a copy they'll gladly give it out because they don't actually make much money from like these journals yeah so i've i've heard um you can email them directly so if there's a a paper you want to read and you don't want to drop bank on reading it contact (laughs) the author right okay take take that one on board you know what else Um, like that that thing that autopilot that we get into with university it kind of propels most people into the matrix of just do, working the nine to five it's like that stepping stone right people go to university mm-hmm. instead of just living there I guess you, you're still living your life in university but instead of like going traveling or you know taking another opportunity taking that huge sum of money and investing it in another aspect of your life it's the fear it, the, you know you're in high school and it's like the next step is you know college or university it's everyone else is doing it and you become part of that herd of sheep that goes to the Mm -hmm. next step and then from there you know okay we're graduated now we need to get the job and then now we need to get the partner and then then we need to have the kid and it kind of just entangles people in this life without questioning what you know life is about or what life could be yeah and that's the sort of questions that you need to ask yourself where if you're living in that traditional um that traditional path it can be very hard to find the time to ask those questions Mm -hmm. if you 
because as soon as you finish university, especially um, stateside, there's a lot of debt attached to oh, you, that's and you crazy. haven't got yeah you haven't you haven't got time to sit look at the stars and think about our origins and where we're going to be. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you need to get a fucking job and you need to start paying back this debt because there's interest getting added to this. And if you don't, then they're fucking ruthless and they're going to come after you. So go get a job, yeah. stay in line and don't ask these questions because why does no one about your origin? Why does no one about the universe? When's that going to help you in life? When's that going to help you make the money that you need to pay back this debt? I'll tell you what. Well, that's what we're taught anyway. It prevents a midlife crisis is what it does because people are running, you know, they're running towards death essentially without thinking like stopping, you know, to smell the roses, ask these crazy existential questions. Um, And then you wake up one day and you're whatever, 50, if it happens at 40 or 60 or 70, even if it happens on your deathbed, like I've, I've heard that's such a common thing of people having these massive awakenings right when they're about to die, thinking like, what did I do this whole life? You know, I even think that about myself looking back on university during my like party days. I just, what was going through my head at that time that it's almost like auto, a complete autopilot mode of unconsciousness of just doing the motions, but not actually thinking and being, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. I think you need, I think you need to experience the extremes. Mm-hmm. Like, although it's always every life's about finding the golden balance, you still have to, you still, for me, I had to experience the extremes in order to find my way to the, to the middle ground. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, going out, drinking loads, just that sort of real party lifestyle that especially in the first year of university brings I feel like that was essential for me to experience in order to be like well I don't want to experience that no more instead of always having it like oh man did I what if I I should have just used that time to I should have used that time to experience that because now that I have I mean I've got no interest in in that sort of lifestyle anymore and um it's then that allowed me to then for the rest of my years at university to really follow and pursue what I wanted and yeah it's it's interesting what you said because after university where you start where does your path take you then and for me like I went straight from university to go work on a cruise ship and that was my sort of way of traveling but without having to pay for the traveling so that really opened up my mind again to uh to just be molded by experience and not be molded by information by learn by textbook by I, I did a, sort of- I did a similar ish thing um I think it was like four days or maybe three days after um my last exam I moved home packed my bag and moved to the Caribbean um I have an aunt and an uncle that live in the British Virgin Islands and it was supposed to be a 10-day vacation it, the first stint there turned into six months um yeah. you know no, no TV. <laughs> Just turned into six yeah, oh yeah, that happens in my life quite a bit, actually. Um, no, I was going to say that that escalated very quickly. Yeah, no TV, no like news reports, no radio. Which was my degree was politics and international development. I was constantly forcing information in my brain about like relevant information and then past and everything so fear based. Like you basically look at the news. There's nothing positive going on in the news and. I needed a break from it. So that's, I think, just kept lingering and the sunshine. It was just great. Um, 
And then, yeah, returned there for another work opportunity uh, to work on a private island, which was a cool experience too. Oh, nice. Um, what did you do there? I was in guest services. So, uh, wow, it's kind of a, it's a, definitely a weird job description. The So Richard Branson, who you probably know of, he's from your neck of the woods. Um, yeah, he's my best mate. <laughs> All of us Brits know each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, he's a pretty known human being in the world with his, you know, airlines and record companies and all that jazz. But anyways, he, so he has um, an island there called Necker Island that people rent out. And I guess he has actually has a property on there too, but he um, was opening a neighboring island called Mosquito Island, which was more kind of his private residence and I went over there to help set it up and then work guest services for the holiday season. Yeah, it was pretty wild experience. A lot of work, though, and just intense like that, that too, you know, these dream work experiences for a lot of people, like total dream jobs, same as working um, for the UN. You realize like things on the outside can look amazing and incredible, but working, you know, six days a week, working really hard around the clock and not really living your own life in that, in that case, you know, you're working for someone else so specifically Mm -hmm. gets intense, man. And yeah, yeah, I I needed to break free and from there went to Australia um, for nearly three years, which again was supposed to be three months max that was probably the biggest shift in consciousness for me because I broke free from just that it was such a, a complete change in scenery and people I knew absolutely nobody and I was really becoming like who I like who I felt I was you know letting go of what people's expectations were of me and just being able to start fresh which is something that travel really does it enables you to just be that person that you are inside and not worry about what people are thinking because everything's so transient, right? If if people don't resonate with the person that you are, you're probably going to meet quite a few more people that day that you can hopefully connect with on a, on a deeper level. And just everything, like I started, I worked at a health store. So, you know, no, no longer working in any bar scene or even that guest services job that I was doing, a lot of alcohol was involved. And so I decided kind of from there, I don't drink anymore. That was like, you know, once in a while I'll have a blue moon, I'll have a glass of wine, but like as a fundamental like state of being, I used to, we used to ask ourselves like, what are we doing tonight? That was like the thing is where are we going tonight or where are we going this weekend? It was always living for that next the moment of being drunk, which is just in retrospect, insane. Um, and so, yeah, being in that completely new environment in Australia, I started connecting with people that just were light years ahead of me in terms of like mind, body, spirit connection. And, you know, started asking questions and just someone told me, you know, about vaccines. Someone told me about tap water. I was like, what? Tap water is bad for you? You know, Start to get out of here it's crazy though because until you until someone like breaches the subject it it was something I'd never even thought about it literally until 20 how old was I 24 or 25 never thought of tap water in my life came comes out of the water comes out of the tap you drink it you know get on with your day but 
Yeah. That pineal gland was calcified as fuck. So, oh my God, the detoxes I put myself through to try to decalcify my pineal gland. Yeah. Yeah. But travel is a good one for that, for, I guess, breaking free from your patterning and kind of waking up. Yeah. And I totally agree with what you're saying about how, on outside perspectives, dream jobs how they can really differ when you're actually in the mid in the midst of it and actually working it. And it's the same like with me when I was on the cruise ship from an outside perspective, if you're looking on board, you can see, Oh, you're trying, you're traveling around the world and it must be great. And it's like, well, I mean, it kind of is great, but at the same time you're working like six days, seven days a week. Yeah. And Intense. there's, yeah, there's an image that you have to like a lot of, a lot of the people that I find on the cruise ships are just fake as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like no one, you're not allowed to be the real mm-hmm. you. You always have to, you always have to have the American smile sort of tattooed on your face where you have to be just in a certain mentality, a certain carbon copy cookie cutout personality um, that you present to the guests. And it's all, you're always switched on. Like you all, you're always working. You live on board for like nine months at a time. You're with, the people that you work with, you can never get away from. And yeah, it was just from just what you're saying. Like a lot of these dream jobs are really not, they're, they're really not so much of a dream job when you actually live yeah. it. It's, it's looks good of, on paper. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, and it's a shiny, like sparkly thing on the outside, but that's when you're a guest on the cruise ship. That's when you're going to the resort. Yeah. The behind the scenes, there's actually, there's a new show on Netflix. I haven't watched it. It's about this. I think it's called seven days or something. It's about the week prior to these big events, how behind the scenes is just insane, whether it's the launch of a restaurant. And that's just a crazy aspect of society. Like we bullshit ourselves so much. Mm -hmm. And you know what, actually I'm in, in France right now and they, there's a lot less bullshit here. And it's a bit shocking, like on the phone, any customer service job here, people are not, for the most part, they are not nice. They are just themselves. And it's <laughs> yeah. so shocking because in Canada, like with a land of people that apologize and are like overtly nice, you would lose your job for being rude on, you know, on a phone call. I was calling the post office just nothing. And I was like, wow, I got a really rude person. My grandma's like, mm, that's everyone. You go to the, you know, you go to the, sh- the, the markets, people just don't give a fuck. They give zero fucks. <laughs> and it's, it's a bit refreshing in a way that like, if that's how that person feels like, you know what, let it out as opposed to this, you know, very, I don't know, is it North American way of like pretending everything's all right? That's, yeah. That's, that's totally not healthy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not. It's 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 try. It's being true and just being authentic to yourself. And when you begin to align with your sort of yeah, you want to call it your higher self. You want to call it with your true self, your authentic self. You start to attract the right people into yeah. your life. Like if you're fake, you're going to attract fake people, and it's it's hard to live life through that. And you can't really trust anyone mm-hmm. because, especially on the ship as well. Like you never know if you say something out of line that is going to be reported up the hierarchy, and then. Next thing you've, next thing you know, you got someone who's got a few uh, stars on that's sh- and stripes on their shoulder that think they're big time. But it's like, mate, you're no different than me. Just because you've got this position, I don't give a fuck. 
it's like you might you might have control over a lot of these people that are under your uh supervision on this ship but yeah i, I see but i see behind the bullshit that as like i'm not gonna i'm not just gonna be your lapdog yeah. like a lot a lot of people are and when you and then when you begin to meet people that have the same mentality that's when you start to really find your tribe mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that's important like you said going over to australia and finding people that just awaken you to and prom- and really promote you to be mm-hmm. you accept you for who you are and that's where you find like you're living in a dream dream jobs dream jobs are is somewhere that allows you just to be you unapolog- yeah. unapologetic and that that just- whole thing kind of revolves around the concept of speaking the truth right yeah. it's so important and people don't do it because sometimes speaking the truth might lead to um an outcome in which that you know it isn't optimal for them in their mind so if you're in a job that you're not enjoying and you don't speak and you speak the truth and you you know you speak up you think this isn't going right or that's not going right or this should be done better and in your head you're kind of playing it out what's this going to bring me and it might bring you to lose your job and that fear causes people to not speak their truth but when you look at the bigger picture that's such on a microscopic level right that's like whatever if it's going to impact a week or six months or even a year of your life but people don't speak the truth and then that's that midlife crisis that happens or that's you know five years down the line you're in a job that you absolutely hate and it's built up and the tension builds up and you resent people and then you start to resent you know it just trickles out that energy trickles out into all the relationships in your life with your partner or your wife your husband or your kids or your friends and and your whole life is this swirling like lie so yeah Yeah. looking looking in the long in the scheme of things in the long run you know speaking the truth is just so fundamentally important in every aspect and anything you do because in the long run you're always getting the best possible outcome when you speak the truth yeah yeah and it's it's important to align yourself with truth um this is something for me that I always think about is that your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your character and your character is what ultimately leads you to your destiny. And for me, I always will align myself no matter what with my truth, my personal truth. And that's where you go through what we were discussing on the, uh, before we started recording is like, where'd you go through this awakening process? And it's like, well, you have to you have to become a, essentially what human beings are program this is programmed deeper than just um sort of programming from the mm-hmm. elite i'm talking about spiritual programming which is we're truth mm-hmm. seekers that's that's kind of what that's one um attribute to have on the spiritual path is that you follow truth and how do you follow truth or you follow truth by getting in touch with your intuition and it's when you begin to uh, really start to become more sensitive to your intuitive uh, abilities and perspective that you begin to wake up to where what your place is on this planet, what your role is, what's your purpose. Yeah, what brings and you fulfillment. That's something that you, yeah, and that's something that you're never going to find in a degree title. That's nothing that you're never going to find on a dream job Um uh, resume it's 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 something that you have to do you have to put in the personal work and it can be it can be kind of it can be shaky the the whole awakening process because like we were saying before you have to go through that death and rebirth 
um, cycle, that that experience of the death of the old self, who you who you really thought you were at one point in time, and you really and you you were aligned with. You're like, yeah, this is me. This is this is me. This is my car. This is my house. This is my degree. This is my favorite fast mm-hmm. food. It's and then it's the destruction of that that you and you begin to see who you really are without all the external um, influences. Like in the inner core, who are you? And uh, yeah, I'd like to know just how you went through your own sort of awakening in a bit more detail. Man, um, that's a hard question. I, I actually, looking back on my life, I feel like it's so easy to say this was the cause or that was the cause. But, you know, I feel like it's divine intervention. Like it came from above. And I feel like that's kind of how every person wakes up. Although, you know, we want to go on our hero's journey and take the, the things that have helped us and then pass them on to the people that haven't experienced that yet. I just, looking back on my life, I don't know. I've always questioned things. Um, you know, I think I told you this story when we talked on the phone last time when I was, um, I went to Catholic school growing up because it was the only way to uh, study in French where I was from. And I wasn't baptized. So everyone else in the school, except for me and this one other kid were not, were baptized. And then in second grade, we did the communion. So that's, you're pretty young in second grade. And they asked me, do you want to do your communion with everyone else? Like the whole, your whole, all your friends are doing it. We can like baptize you on the sly and you can do your, you can do your, (laughs) your communion. And I just was like, no, I said, no, at, at, in grade two, my parents were supportive either way. Like I was raised in a non-secular household, but they were like, you choose, you know, do what you want. But, you know, having been in, in these religious classes and getting sent to the principal's office for asking um, a question, I think specifically was, uh, you know, there's so many races on the planet than how did Adam and Eve, you know, give birth to everyone if we have only these two white people, you know, depicted. And then we have all these different races. So like genuine questioning from a very young age. And it's just such a, that kind of tension between me being a very curious and inquisitive person my whole life. And then the system, whether that be the schooling, you know, conventional schooling system, the conventional medical system, you know, our government being very like, either you take this or you're wrong, or you, you know, you take this information, we're going to shove it down your throat, or you go to the principal's office. And I think that kind of that tension always just has been swirling around in me my whole life. And I guess curiosity maybe is the answer to that um, awakening is questioning everything and more than anything, reaching a point of questioning my own beliefs because I think that's such an important thing that we don't do is constantly check in and think, you know, if you look at the person you were five years ago, what things in that span of time do you no longer believe? And that should be a hefty list. Like it should always be a hefty list because you're growing and evolving and learning new things. But if you're holding on to these ideas for dear life, which is what so many people do, I think that the fear of of questioning what you think, it's kind of like a Jenga tower, right? You pull one piece out, whether that's tap water, whether that's, uh, you know, whatever, honestly, you know, thinking that pharmaceutical medication is the answer to health. You pull one piece and 
it makes the whole tower topple and that ripples into your life so profoundly, whether it be your job, you know, you're saying you're working on the cruise ship and it's this perfect job. Everyone thinks you're living the life. If you start to question things, it might mean you have to leave your job or it might mean you have to, you know, take a trip by yourself, even if you're married, you know, you have to, yeah, but you know, that's such a, even that, that's such a, that's a thing people do. And it inspires me that, you know, no matter what step in your life you're at and how embedded you are in your life, thinking like there's no flexibility, life is so fluid and cyclical. And we need to start, I don't know, honoring that cyclical nature of life. And that, yeah, I think awakening for me is rooted in questioning things um, more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I I had the, it's it's, again, it's, it's just coming back to that same sort of universal foundation of just finding your own truth. Like there's, there's, there's so, there's so many uh, sort of teachers out there, but and they can all and uh, well it doesn't necessarily have to be teachers if you just just take first uh take like the health the current health paradigm that we're mm-hmm. situated in there's so mu- there's so much information that if you're to look at it as a totality it it contradicts itself heavily there's people that are saying that you need to be plant-based vegan there's people that are saying that you have to on the other end of the spectrum saying that you just be completely carnivore everything's crazy any dogma any like strict dogma that says every human being on this planet should be x y or z it's just just absurd and it's just it's disempowering more than anything i think that one of the things that drives definitely drives my life and the website and the message that I'm trying to convey to people is like take back your power and don't be afraid of you know making mistakes and trial and erring your way through you know finding what works for you and even when you find what works for you you're going to change so don't get too attached to the fact that you know veganism might be so good for you right now but if you call yourself a vegan and you attach your identity to being a vegan and then it's no longer serving you, you know, two months down the line or five years down the line, you've built this, you know, aura of this is this thing that I am. And then people can't break free from their isms. And that is ultimately very destructive to not only you, but everyone around you, really. Yeah, it's hard. Once you've made the commitment to put vegan slash plant-based in your bio <laughs> on Instagram, it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to turn back on that one. You know, this, like, that is, <laughs> yeah, not even in the bio, actually on the name. You can like sneakily change it, but your name, people are like, wait, where did, you know, Vegan Warrior 101 go? That's hard. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a commitment. That's, that's the sort of commitments that people are making mm-hmm. nowadays. And it's... Uh, I love what you said though about taking back power. Like what's been the main sort of things in your life that have allowed you to take back power or not so much take back power, but to really, to really express the inner power that's always been there. Deep man. Um, I guess intuition, it's that making decisions for yourself and trusting that feeling you get without necessarily knowing why you know the answer, but just knowing that you know it. And rolling with it and not being afraid, you know, not living a a life rooted in fear. I just, once you have that realization that our society is rooted in fear, it's 
like that was a spark in in within me. You you, you start seeing it everywhere. You know, the police department, which has its place. You know, we live in such big societies that I don't think necessarily can function. It's such an unnatural way of living um, in these big cities. But the police is protecting us from one another. You know, uh, there's always these these governing bodies that are there to you know, protect us because we're not safe. When you're the first thing that happens to you as a baby, when you're born into a hospital is you're taken away to get vaccinated. And if you're, you know, a guy circumcised, which is mutilation and injection of poisoning. So the first, you know, those first moments as a baby, when you are like in this completely new universe, you're being told that the world's not a safe place. And that just, trickles on and on like it just snowballs I guess into people fearing absolutely everything and power for me is starting to make decisions from that inner place where you don't you no longer need PubMed to know um what you should be eating you you know people have been eating since the dawn of time um they didn't have Google. They didn't have peer-reviewed journals, and people were thriving. You know, you you look at those ancestral, the Western A. Western A. Price, you know, documentation in his book. The beautiful teeth, vibrant health, like healthy bodies, and now we overthink everything. You know, we we try and maximize output, and you know, even when it comes to rest, that's a, the lesson I've had recently, like a massive realization in my own life that even even rest, we're trying to optimize everything always. We're trying to biohack our way through life. And there's a beauty in just stopping, you know, adding things in and calculating and weighing and measuring and trying to be the best version ever. And just kind of being, you know, being a human being as opposed to human doing. And yeah, I think that's power to me is just scaling it back and, you know, being more present um, not always thinking that there's this other place that you have to be doing something greater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a hard one. That's something that I've been, uh, that I fall victim yeah, to all hard. the time. It's, it, it is. And it's, uh, it's, again, it's just that deep sort of social programming where everyone's achievement based, where if you're not achieving something or at least trying to achieve something then you're in essence failing of you're you're like yeah you're failing somehow the health industry Um, is like so so guilty of that and I've definitely been trapped in that in my own life you know health even just the very notion that health is the ultimate goal it's this like it's the goal for some people it's definitely a priority in my life but a lot of people don't have health, you know, they're bestowed for who knows what reason, illness, um, fuck man, who knows why some people get the like traumatic experiences that they get, but there's a way of living and thriving through life and just being, and, you know, honoring what is in the moment as opposed to trying to do the next thing. And the bio, like the biohacking world, I don't even, I've distanced myself from that concept completely because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more than ever the beauty in what is as opposed to always trying to do the next thing and just being present and more balanced in life. Yeah, I like that. And it's, I, 
I'd like to, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, I really need to start integrating some of that stuff into my own life as well. Cause I am guilty of just always getting after it, of always trying to improve myself instead of just maybe just being more, um, conscious of where I'm mm-hmm. currently at. Like you're always stuck with the, in, with the, um, like projecting the future instead of just being in the moment. Yeah. You get, you get and caught, it's yeah, you get caught up in the grind and it's, it's, it's really yeah. just a new, like morphing of, you know, the grind that people get caught up in work, for example, you know, you finish university, you get that nine to five and you get caught up in the grind and then you find yourself 50 years later, just still in the grind. And the health industry can be like that too. It can be so damaging that people aren't honoring the person that they are and aren't grateful. Like, you know, you look, I've had such a fluctuation in my own health journey. I used to like you know, double days at the gym and have like this body that in retrospect, looking back on it, like could not have been in better shape. And I was so unsatisfied with myself at the time. And that's crazy. There's, it's, there's just a craziness that when you're always chasing the next thing, you're never happy, really. I mean, you can be pursuing health and you can be healthy and that's all great. But unless you find value in the person that you are in this moment, like looking in the mirror, not even, you don't even have to look in the mirror. You don't even, we're so much more than a physical body. It's connecting with that like higher being that, and your spirit, whatever you want to call it. And just being content with exactly what's going on in this moment. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. It's fucking Mm -hmm. hard work. It's, like I've done all I've like on paper you I've done my traveling I've traveled the world I've set up a business I'm doing my podcast to wake people up but I'm still find myself all the time in the pursuit of happiness instead of Mm -hmm. finding the happiness Mm -hmm. in the pursuit and it's so hard because you can you yeah you might have someone for example when I was over in Nepal with the fam I stayed with a host family when I was out there when uh when I was out there doing my physiotherapy work and mm-hmm. they've got nothing they haven't got anything but they're fucking yeah. happy they're happy like uh, in the evenings they all sit around and like they put little communal fire and they sit around and everyone is legitimately happy but if you were to compare my life to theirs totally so you you look at me on paper yeah, like a, a white Westerner, got a degree, got prospects, and then you look at them, Napoli's got nothing, they live off goat and rice, and they've got no future, but then look mm-hmm. who's happier. They're fucking way more mm-hmm. happier than I am, or than I was mm-hmm. at the time. And it's 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 interesting how the happiness can never be... Um, uh, yeah, how happiness is, is your happiness is never going to be fixed by the external environment. And something that the, uh, the, one of my previous guests, Andrea Lowe said, and it really resonated with me is that you can't fill a sourced size hole in your heart with material shit. Mm. Like the only thing that's going to fill it is, is, well, is finding you just be, just being yourself, being content, being, you in the moment and that's something I just feel people struggle with so much and when you're saying about the different uh like how did you find your power how you got your power back was really through finding that intuition 
um yeah it's just i just think that's something that people just have such a hard time of even grasping that concept oh, yeah because, had, you t- had i if i yeah. met myself five years ago me and me today if we met i'd be like she's a crazy person <laughs> What, what is she talking about? And I actually get that quite a bit online too. People will, you know, I, I go on pretty hectic rants every so often, you know, rooted very deeply in metaphysical stuff. And someone will message me saying, you know, something along the lines of, I kind of get what you're saying and I want to understand, but I, it doesn't make sense to me. Like there's pieces of this that just, I can't, it's like kind of like, you know, if you speak very basic Spanish, you kind of get the gist of what someone's saying, but it's such a a big world of well mystery really that it's hard for people to grasp and it's hard for people to take the plunge into this life. And I think everyone has to do it at their own pace. You know, for me, it started in very much, you know, tangible things like diet and exercise and start taking care of your body. And I guess a, a, a big thing is taking care of yourself as if you were taking care of a loved one and treating yourself um, in that way. If you're taking care of a child, you know, speaking to yourself in a way that's more kind and compassionate. We are so mean to ourselves and still like catching myself in those loops. That's just something that's, I don't know what, what, like where that comes from, but we're harder on ourselves generally than we are most people. And so, yeah, starting to take care of yourself, food wise, you know, get rid of fake foods. Just that's something that is the biggest inhibitor of consciousness. If you're treating your body like trash, it's just impossible to wake up. I just, I I don't see it because when you, you know, consciousness is rooted in compassion. It's rooted in love and self-respect for yourself and for your fellow mankind. So if you can't give that to yourself, it's, it's relatively impossible for you to give it to other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are definitely the ways to like kind of start the spiraling and then it's, it spirals. Like it's a snowball. Once you pull the, you know, that Jenga piece, the whole thing collapsed, whether it's, you know, you, you're questioning the tap water as soon as you realize you've been lied to by the, the man <laughs> or the, if she's a woman, I don't know mm-hmm. that like <laughs> being that's just, fucking this all over if that that don't even does that even exist like i'd love a good conspiracy we've chatted about a few but whatever maybe it's just the dark energy of the planet that's keeping people you know entangled in unhappiness you have to start questioning things and taking care of yourself and then i think from there let the let the whatever the the movie play out which is kind of how i feel about life in general sometimes it just feels like I'm watching my own movie and I don't even know if I'm in charge of any of it to be honest <laughs> I like it no it's like you said it's you, you you are watching your own movie play out like this like I like to think of it as uh the way that I always describe it is that we are we're living in a spiritually powered virtual reality video game like this is what this is what it is and our avatars that we've been that we've selected to play through this game this uh this game as is really 
really what we're here for is just to is to learn. It's just to experience and mm-hmm. learn so that our souls can fucking level up and not have to go through the same lessons in the next life. And if you're fucking good at this game and you beast it and you master it, then hey, you you, you don't have to play this game again. You fucking transcend and then you and then you wake up and you're like you realize that you were the you were the source of the game in the first yeah. place. And it just takes a couple playthroughs in order to realize what that. You said, what you said and, uh, about yeah. um, about learning is that too is a huge part in taking back your power. It's shifting from the mindset of being a victim. You have to shift out of that. Like no matter what happens to you, it like absolutely every circumstance in life, you can either be the victim or you can be a student of life. And growing from every situation no matter how absolutely brutal it is is the way to turn this life into like a magical experience and it takes practice especially if you've been dealt some shitty cards it, it it's it's an art like it's a craft that you have to cultivate and it's incessantly checking in and saying okay this sucks like this situation not the best far from it but what am I learning? And also what role did I play in putting myself here? Because not always, but 99% of the time we play a role in the outcome of what's going on around us. And that can be, you know, it can start on a microscopic level. You said, you know, that whole um, flowing from thing from your thoughts, right? It starts in your thoughts and then it manifests itself wider and wider until it's your reality what thoughts are going through your head right now that are planting seeds of chaos for your future? It's just the little things, you know, you choosing to be jealous instead of inspired, belittling people, um, the, the, the tiny little microaggressions that we do all day long, or even just think it, it, like it pulls out around us. And then eventually that's the world that you're living in. Things are not happen you know, by coincidence, things we're, we're planting seeds constantly. And with every thought, with every word we speak, with every action, we're, we're like, you know, we're watering the thoughts We're the, we're shining sun down on those seeds and they're growing and growing. And then we have a, you know, a field full of whatever we planted, whether that was a few days ago or a few years ago, it becomes our reality. Yeah, I can I couldn't agree more. It's uh, so important to keep track of mm-hmm. your thoughts. Take time in the day to actually like to analyze or just kind of let let the thoughts come in. Um maybe and then just just think about them being like why am I totally. thinking this way? Like what like where where has this thought come from? Is this am I consciously thinking this or is this a, is this some is this rooted deeper mm-hmm. into the subconscious? And like people know like it's more genuinely accepted now through the advancements of like epigenetics the effect that thoughts can have on a cellular level like you can you can turn on turn off genes you can it's the power Mm -hmm. of belief it's what uh it's probably what you can attribute to a lot of mystical experiences that have been recorded through the past uh through past script uh holy scriptures it's the power of your thoughts and how you can really use your thoughts if wisely um, to really manifest the reality that you mm-hmm. want to live in. 
And if all you're thinking is shit faults all the time, then you're going to manifest a shit reality. And then it just puts you into a continuous, like sort of shitty feedback yeah, you're loop. The where you're, the, you're, you're perpetually the victim yeah, of you, your own life. Yeah. And you just, all you have to do is flip the switch from that victim mentality to the hero mentality. Yeah, and, and my heart goes it, out to, to people that have a really hard time doing that too, because I have not struggled with that. Um, it, I've had my moments, you know, of, of course, like we all have doubt. We all have, you know, the self-deprecating thoughts, but some people are stuck so deeply. In, and it's, I genuinely believe that whole epigenetic thing that will, I mean, it's beyond belief. It's a proven science. Um, but if people feel so caught up in those loops of negativity and, you know, incapable of breaking free from their own thoughts and beliefs, get help, like speak to someone that has Jedi knowledge in this stuff and heal, you know, even just start with your own life. You know, your parents, ask your parents about their lives or study your parents. What are your parents' tendencies? What are your parents' habits? What are your parents' shortcomings? See how those have impacted you. Look at your childhood. No matter what childhood you've had, you've been damaged by your childhood. Like it's just impossible my parents were the the best parents. I couldn't have asked for better parents, you know, so loving, even loving parents. So whether you, you were loved too much or not enough, you create a dependency and a, a way of navigating the world where, you know, craving and aversion are these, we either want something or we don't want something. And that's the root of unhappiness is not being content with what, what is, right? So if you were loved too much, then you have this craving for love. I remember going through you know, a, a phase in my life where I would not be able to sleep as a, not even that young a person. I must've been like 10, maybe a bit younger. I would not be able to sleep unless I told my parents before bed that I loved them. So it was this fear, you know, because I was loved so much, it was a fear of death. Like I couldn't, I had this such a strong bond to my parents that the thought of not seeing them in the morning was like debilitating to my sleep. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's pretty crazy. But, but, you know, in retrospect, I've only realized that because I've done so much work on myself and I've really like I've dissected my life and I've looked at the, you know, every step of my own life. I've examined my parents. I've dug into my grandparents and I'm just trying to see all these ways that my I've been programmed because we're little computers, right? And what ways have my childhood impacted the person that I am today? And how can I break free from that? There's, you know, people are doing NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. There's so many different ways to kind of tap in. You know, mantras is the easiest way. It's completely free. It's, it's so easy that people dismiss it often, but Louise Hay talks about it. She's like the mantra queen of just taking simple words as a way of reprogramming yourself to better navigate in the world. And so finding ways in which you're stuck in your own life, no matter what that is, you know, look at an aspect of your life that isn't working out right now and find a simple mantra and repeat it 30 times a day, repeat it five times a day. Just find something that you can integrate into your own life and reprogram that person that isn't currently working in an optimal way. 
Yeah, I I use uh, different forms of uh, affirmations, mantras throughout the day, and I think it's uh, so powerful. It's so important. It's to really, yeah, and it's we're really only just scratching the surface of the power of the subconscious. It's been talked about for thousands of years. Like these ancient civilizations yeah, have known this cool. for a long time, and modern psychology and um, have a pretty good grasp of it, but it's only just starting there. It's only just starting to really. Uh, to really publicize how powerful the subconscious can be and how we can find ways to work within it. That's why I loved studying um, Carl Jung and you learn about all the different personality archetypes. You learn about their, like each personality type um, or personality archetype, sorry, their desires and how they're going to affect your day-to-day decisions, be that through intuition or mm-hmm. impulses, desires, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I always, it's, it's, that's great that you threw that one out there for people just to really find ways to reprogram mm-hmm. yourself, just re, yeah, like reprogram yourself down to the cellular level. And you can do that multiple ways. You can do that by doing, like you were saying, with those practices you just mentioned, or just starting with yeah. the food that you eat. The food, yeah, the, the food that you eat, the way you exercise, the thoughts that you think. I mean, you don't have to go balls deep in the biohacking. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it helps, but then you can get kind of too caught up within quantitative um, data analysis and there's so many variables to juggle, whereas sometimes all it takes is just simple little changes here and there to really open up the uh, the waterworks. It's like you're sort of unplugging little bits of the dam and then eventually... The oh, yeah. fucking dam collapses, and then that's when source code really sort of just flushes flushes all the bullshit out of your system. And what's left from that is going to be the real you, the true you. And that's when you really uh, start to embark, or it's part of. I say start to embark. It's re- that's when you're. Um, that's a, a vital point mm-hmm. within the hero's journey. And what another v- vital point, which is something that. Uh, I know that you you're sort of underway with anyway just from what you've told me before is the importance Mm -hmm. of finding a mentor within your life and I know you've got a few yourself which I'd love for you to uh really sort of open up on on how how they come into your life did you search for them did they find you or was it almost like a mixture of the two and what you've really learned from them and integrated into your own sort of being in life Um, okay well I guess my one who I really consider my mentor and I'm just beyond grateful for as a human being in this life. Um, her name is Geraldine uh, Mattis and she, she's just a next level human being. I don't even know. I don't think any words could give her justice, but she's, um, she's a psychotherapist. She's, she studied functional medicine. She's the Dean and founder of um, the Justice College, which is um, a school. It's a postgrad in holistic reproductive health. She's just a pioneer for women in general. She's a midwife, you know, back when like midwifery was not cool. (laughs) Like today, you know, there's a shift today, Mm -hmm. but she was part of creating that shift for women um, and that space, creating that space for women. And I met her. I actually started studying with Justice um, in their holistic reproductive healthcare practitioner course uh, last year in October. 
And so she was my primary uh, teacher. You work one-on-one with uh, one of the teachers at the school. And we just really got to know each other. And I completed a year of the program and decided that where I was at in my life, I launched the website, so much was going on, and I was kind of losing balance and focus. So I was doing, doing too many things. And so I had to put the course on pause. But we'd connected on such a deep level um, that she offered that relationship, mentor relationship with me moving forward. And yeah, she's transformed me in so many ways. Just brilliant woman more than anything I find she keeps me accountable like she'll call me out on beliefs that I have that are you know stagnant or one-sided I'm trying to think of an example um I wrote a paper um for the program and I spoke with a collective voice so I said we are so um uh, for, it was probably about the medical system in a way, talking about you know, women's reproductive rights within the framework of the Western medical system. And I said, we are being, you know, um, abused by a system that's rooted in, you know, basically manufacturing babies, this and that. So I went all and on and on. And a simple comment from her saying, you know, that this is the perspective from your point of view as a woman in the Western world. Like this isn't the the view of the whole collective. So, you know, you it, it's so easy to get caught up in thinking that you're the center of the universe and that everyone's experience is the same as yours. And she just has this the wisest way of kind of putting me in my place or giving me perspective on, you know, the situation. She's lived a lot longer than me and you know, that's another danger of the health industry or having a voice on social media is we think that we know things when really, we generally don't. Um, So my relationship with her has really inspired me to kind of stop preaching other than encouraging people to discover their own life. Younger me would go on a mad rant about how veganism is detrimental to health, like a mad rant. <laughs> I've got lost some Facebook friends over that for sure throughout the years. And just kind of having that, you know, mentality that I have the answer. And it's still, that's part of me still will flare up every so often. But part of the role she's played in my life is being like that, you know, check in with yourself. And, um, I guess it's her. Well, I mean, she's has so many degrees, but she's like that deep psychotherapy attitude of kind of like, you know, distance yourself from what you're thinking and the possibility that there's something else going on and there's a bigger story and, you know, don't get wrapped up in what you're thinking right now. Um, but yeah, kind of getting back to your actual question, um, mentor wise, I, I feel like we found each other and because we're both questioning like she has been questioning everything for a lot longer than I have but she sees that same energy in me of you know of of looking for the truth even if it means that I'm wrong right now which a lot of people don't do you know they cling to what they believe and they will find people that agree with them and surround themselves with those people so that they can continue to be right um so I feel like me finding her is is kind of a product and her willing to work with me as a product of being open. And I think that you, 
you attract what you are in this world. And so if you are in a place where you're not ready to do work, because she has helped me like transcend and break through and do like deep cleaning of my psyche and my just my whole life. Like I've, I've done some deep cleaning. I'm far from done. But with her help, I've like she's guided me and I've done a lot of work. If you're ready for that, you will find someone to help you and to mentor you. But you have to be willing to do the work. Something she taught me actually is um, when people seek out therapists, you know, there's a lot of bad therapists out there. I've never actually worked one-on-one, although she is a therapist, but I have never worked with someone in that capacity. I've heard horror stories of people, you know, enabling or making the problem worse. And whether you're paying for that kind of relationship or it's a mentor relationship where there's no money involved in the exchange, it's still an exchange of like guidance. You find who you're ready for in that moment. So if you're not ready to do the work, but you're in this like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find a mentor or I'm going to work with a therapist or I'm going to, you know, uh, whatever it is, that person, I'm going to find a teacher or I'm going to join a program. If you're not in a place where you're ready to do the work, you're going to find a teacher who's going to give you what you're ready for in that moment. Kind of like is this divine connection of you find, yeah, you, you attract who you are. And so if you're ready to learn, you have to be ready to shed the fact that you know probably nothing. And even if you know a little bit, that's the most dangerous thing actually is knowing a little bit because then you think like, I got the answer. I have figured it out. (laughs) And really like the more you know, the less you know. And if you can navigate the world with that mentality, you are going to attract people into your life that want to help you seek the truth. Yeah, she's cool. She's And you can actually like, I... And probably I'm like her pimp. I I recommend her to everyone who's willing to do the work on themselves because she does work one-on-one with people. And man, like she's worth the investment. She's like been the biggest blessing in my life in yeah. Seek, I mean ask and ask people. Ask people for help. Um if you see someone that inspires you, that's one of the things I love the most about my website is I'm reaching out to people and for these Q and A's, like the idols of mine, another one is Jason Kristoff and even, you know, different, completely different, um, playing field, but Duncan Trussell, these, these people that have shaped, I love Duncan. Uh, I love love Duncan. And so these people have shaped the person that I am and whether that is directly. So Geraldine, I met her by working with her directly, but Duncan, I'd never met him. Jason, I'd never met him. I'd been following them, right? They're, their uh, Duncan's podcast and Jason through his um his Facebook page and I reached out to them reach out to people that inspire you like that's it more often than not if you're meant to connect with that person they will respond well and don't be like bummed out if someone doesn't answer or you know doesn't give you the answer that you're looking for but if someone you see a light in someone and you think that they can help you reach out like be honest about your intention, but that if you don't ask, you'll never get a, a yes, right? Of course, you'll get no's sometimes, but if you're looking for guidance, I just say, like, do it and send them an email. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Simple, simple as that. And it's, uh, I loved what you were saying that you, 
about everything happening, the lessons you need to learn are going to happen at that specific moment in time. And it's this, it's the age old saying that when the student is ready, mm-hmm. the master will appear or the mentor will appear. And it's, like you watch any Hollywood film, you read any myth of old with that sort of really follows the, the hero monomyth. It's um, the, the mentor will appear when the, sh- when the student is at a certain point in life where the, 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 the lesson which the mentor can, can uh, supply is what the student needs to learn in order to progress to the next level in their life. And, yeah, I just find it so important because I've been like I spent my my sort of teenage years to like late adolescence, yeah, to like really sort of doing shit for myself by myself. I never had a mentor, and I was always looking for one. And I was always like, "Where the fuck is where? Like, where am I gonna find <laughs> Obi Wan? Like, where? Like, where? Where is he? Where is where's my mentor gonna be? Like, I I feel like I'm doing all of this learning." I had gone initiated into Freemasonry. I was learning all the deep, ancient, esoteric mysteries, the universe, like of the universe, the the mystery religion is that it's known. And I was like, "Where's my mentor? Like, wh- wh- why is he? Why are they not presented themselves yet?" And then sometimes the mentors present themselves in people that you don't expect to be a mentor. Oh yeah, and. Yeah, I was, and it could be in the relate. It might be your partner in a relationship, mm-hmm. in a bad relationship. That that's that they, they that's a big mentor. They uh, for, or it was for me anyway of a relationship that didn't go the way that I thought destiny had planned for me. But that was she turned out to be one of my biggest ever mentors, and I learned a lot of from that than I would from any book or anything that I studied within my time within these esoteric societies. I forget um, I forget who yeah, said this, when, but when it was something along the lines of if you think you're uh enlightened, you know, go spend a month at your parents' house. It, it's you wanna put yourself like there's there's the mentor, you know, Geraldine to me is is this uh, you know, beacon of support and light and wisdom and just all that stuff as your, you know, conventional, what you think a mentor is, but your teachers, whatever you want to call them is everyone, particularly the people that trigger you the most. Yeah. Those, you know, those, those Facebook comments, someone recently um, talked shit about my kefir recipe. I thought, I think I, we spoke about this. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I you just let go of everything. I don't, things don't bother me anymore. If you want you know, everyone's on their own path. I so deeply believe that. And whether that means eating junk food or, you know, thinking that vaccines are the answer or drinking tap water, you're going to figure out what works for you in divine timing. So I've let go of so much. Like I've, I feel like I've grown in that aspect as a human being, but someone called, I posted a kefir recipe, coconut kefir, and someone, I I can't even remember what he said tore it up, said nobody likes fermented foods. And there it was that like 
part in me that still gets triggered. Oh, yeah, tri- I got triggered. triggered and I got in like a, a 10 comment back and forth with some guy about Uh-oh. fermented foods and how <laughs> he didn't believe anyone pr- consumed them. And I was like, I was the Joan of Arc of fermented things. I was like fighting for <laughs> all things fermented, which is just so absurd. And in, you know, as I was doing it too, I, you have to get good at observing, right? Your, your tendencies, even as they're happening. So you might still get triggered. And if you don't get triggered, you're probably AI because we all get triggered. But as you're getting triggered, look at your behavior and I kind of see the absurdity in it and, you know, be the observer, see how you're getting caught up in this loop or this old patterning or whatever it is. And that guy who is like living in Arkansas or something in the U S and doesn't like fermented foods was my, was my my mentor in that moment because he was showing me a side of myself that I don't particularly like, like that, you know, the non-compat I was relatively compassionate but to engage in something negative like that just not what I'm about but he brought it out in me and so yeah that relationship like you said you know that didn't end the way you wanted it to or the person that cuts you off in traffic like all these people are our teachers everyone's our teacher yeah it's it's good that you said about people that trigger you like why why do they trigger you are like there must mm-hmm. be a reason that you're being triggered so that the actual mechanism of the trigger itself is totally. something that you should probably analyze like if you're in if you're in traffic and someone cuts you up mm-hmm. and you're like fuck you and you fucking flip mm-hmm. like what are you flipping for are you flipping over their action or like what like what what is it like why is that why are yeah. those few seconds gonna why have they why have they why have they like initiated such an emotional response from you that's something that you need to work on yourself so that you don't like just you don't react to that so you don't affect yourself on a uh on a cellular level from the chemicals that are released from your from your outrage at someone simply just same, cutting it's you that up same victim um, mentality, yeah, so every- right if you if you blow up at someone cutting mm-hmm. you off it's so easy to say i'm angry because of that person but when you shine the light on yourself and on your inner darkness and your inner anger and your inner whatever is going on in there that bubbled up in that moment, that's dormant inside of you. And like, we're never going to get rid of the, the darkness. You know, we're, we have both polarity, polarities inside of us, but to kind of die, like lean into that and explore it. A, a, another example that's maybe more relatable for people is if you know, if someone um, makes remarks about your appearance to any degree, if if they were to call you, you know, say, oh my God, you're a purple elephant. You'd be like, no, I'm not. And you just go on with your day. Like what? Some crazy person called me a purple elephant. Like I'm clearly not an elephant or purple. Like, okay, whatever. But if someone says something to you about your character or your looks or whatever it might be, and it triggers you, that it's something that's going on inside of you, a feeling you have about yourself that they pointed out. And so you're resonating with it and it makes you angry because we only get angry really when someone says something that we kind of already know or feel about ourselves. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, n- never blame the other person for triggering you. 
that is always, it starts inside of you. That's where it lives. Mm. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And uh, just keeping an eye on mm. the clock, because I know you've got to go very shortly. Um, again, you just <laughs> fucking lose track of time when you just, when you, when we just chat. So uh, I guess to tie things up, Camille, um, the way that I normally sort of end things with uh, on the podcast with the guests is that if you could, if you could give one thing, it can either be mental, physical, or spiritual in terms of a practice, a protocol, just something for people to look into some more that you feel would have the greatest effect on changing who they are in this very moment, if integrated into their life in a beneficial, and it could, it could be on levels of of benefit for them. Uh, What, what would you suggest? Well, there's, Um, it's definitely Pandora's box Um, the biggest thing that as you were asking that that kind of was being screamed out from inside of me is just cultivating um, a craft of forgiveness for everything and everyone Um, no matter how much someone has hurt you whether it be that person that cut you off in traffic whether it be a partner that cheated on you like a, a parent that did some dark stuff to you no matter like how dark it gets if you find the ability to forgive someone it sets you free um there's so many ways of doing that and like yeah i've had some profound realizations with that in in my own life but just a simple practice i guess you can pick up time of the day i think nighttime is a a, a good time to tap into that before bed you can Forgive anyone throughout the day that triggered you and start doing the practice even if you don't believe it. Like even if you don't think that you genuinely forgive that person, just say the words. You know, writing is another really powerful way to forgive people. Um, You can think, I'm sure you can conjure up at least five people right now just thinking like this person I still have some sort of tension with, you know, throughout parts of your life, childhood, doesn't matter, something didn't go right, write a letter to that person, um, forgiving them, even with zero intention of ever sending it. In fact, I think probably don't send it. Um, But write a letter to them, explaining how you feel about the situation, explaining a really important part of that is the part that you played in creating that situation. Even if you think you... like if you think you didn't play any role, you're fooling yourself because we, even if it's microscopic, we fuel a situation. There's two, like two people. It takes two. Um, so acknowledging and honoring the part that you played in creating something that is not sitting right inside of you, um, forgiving the person and forgiving yourself is just, you know, we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. And one of the you know, another detrimental aspect to the health industry is thinking that we're above making mistakes or, you know, regressing into old behaviors. And so if you're compassionate with yourself and compassionate with people throughout your life, forgiving sets you both free. And it's not about being weak. Um, It's definitely about being vulnerable, but vulnerable is there's so much strength in vulnerability. So yeah, forgive, I think is my answer to that yeah i love i love that one i think that i think forgiveness plays a vital uh 
it's a vital variable within mm-hmm. the equation of really becoming fully human the ultimate becoming version of yourself human. just a not a little plug yeah becoming fully human it's a good plug <laughs> <laughs> so um to for everyone that's uh been listening to you and like yo this Camille girl knows what's up I'm uh I'm loving her vibe like where, where can I find I know we I know we did a little plug beforehand but just to just to throw in a few more plugs while we're at it whereabouts can, yeah, whereabouts um, can everybody uh not find too you? many plugs I'm trying to like disconnect from as many platforms as possible but um Instagram is at Camille Julia um and my website becomingfullyhuman.ca cool yeah all right cool simple as that then that was very no uh, very minimal perks you can that's cool. find me in the collective um, consciousness yeah. out there somewhere uh, too when you're meditating just say hello <laughs> just, just access that yeah. uh, spiritual noble point and plug in the ju- <laughs> cool then so uh great i mean yeah thanks for coming on camille and guys hopefully you've enjoyed the talk uh again it was uh, yeah this one was good because there wasn't any specific topic that we covered and we just i feel like we uh there's a lot of cool sh- good shit that you can just take little tips and tricks here and there integrate into your own life and yeah hopefully you guys really enjoyed it really having you really My enjoyed pleasure. having you on camille yeah, and totally yeah, have to oh, do it again to talk about. yeah for sure <laughs> cool yeah for sure so uh guys hope you enjoyed it Tying this one up, let's call let's call it an end for episode twelve of Prime Alchemy Reptile Initiation Hour. As always, thank you for listening, Camille. Thanks for coming on. Let's stay woke as fuck, guys. Let's keep it easy. Peace.